Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Welcome back to another episode of the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast. I am your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger, and I am here today with Dr. L, Dr. Lankarani. He is here and affectionately known by his patients as Dr. L, the parent whisperer, and he is a clinical neuroscientist. Dr. L is internationally published and is a best-selling author. He was twice voted as one of America's top doctors, ran an award-winning private practice helping kids with autism spectrum disorders, and hosts the TV channel Role Model Maker. He currently runs an online course that supports new parents and their children and encourages healthy, growing relationships between them. And his online course is called Nesting Amazing Kids, How to Raise Happy and Healthy Kids and Enjoy the Process. Dr. L enjoys being the active father of his two amazing kids and proudly serves as the founder of Amazing Parents Network. Welcome to the show, Dr. L. Hi, Jenny. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. Oh, glad to have you. And so tell us a little bit about your, your personal story. How did you get into neuroscience and, and raising kids and all the things that ended up connecting you and me together? Yes, that's an interesting story. At least I think it is. <laughs> I actually grew up in Iran and I had ADHD long before there was a diagnosis for attention deficit and hyperactivity and all those other autism spectrum disorder condition. And growing up in Iran, shortly thereafter I entered school, the war in Iran and Iraq broke out. And during that time, what ended up happening is there was this life and death situation where if you weren't on the top 1% of your academically performing school, like nationwide for the university entrance exams, what would happen is you would be sent off to the front lines for, to fight, basically. And mm. So, as you know, ADD and ADHD are learning disabilities, and that doesn't bode well when you're trying to perform at that level. So the pressure fell on my parents to try to fill in the gap between me performing at that level and being a kid that wants to play all the time. I was a bright kid, I would get things in an instant, but I didn't have the patience to sit for the next 50 minutes and listen to the teacher explain it to everybody else, basically. Mm. And uh, anyways, long story short, I pretty much won the lottery and happened to move out of the country two weeks before I was being gonna go to, to the front lines, basically, or be drafted. And when I came over here, I went into medicine and I did my postdoctorate in autism spectrum disorder and helping kids that suffered from similar conditions as I did when I was growing up. So when the parents were coming in, I identified their frustrations and challenges that they were dealing with. And I was seeing the kids, how they were internalizing this difference between themselves and everybody else and thinking that there's something wrong with them. 
And one of the things that was affecting me was the fact that although we were getting great success, I was seeing them after pretty much the first decade of their life, that very first important first decade was pretty much gone. And I realized that I wanted to be more on the prevention side of things. And that's where I kind of closed the office and I moved into consulting and eventually where we are today with Role Model Maker. So now our focus is mostly towards trying to lead by example, teaching the kids how to be future role models by being role models ourselves and being leaders in our own life. That's awesome because I I also grew up as a child of ADHD, although I was more ADD because I didn't have the hyperactivity portion. I was the I was the the reader, the the kid in class whose head was either up in the clouds or my mouth was running talking to the person next to me because you know, I was always the first one to get my work done um, so that I could turn around and talk to my friends and help them get their work done so we could go do what we wanted at the back of the classroom. <laughs> time and time again, right? So I definitely understand that. And, and, you know, my brother also is ADD and I'm sure he doesn't mind me sharing that because it's, it's not any big secret. And so having my, my parents deal with, you know, two of their kids and then eventually a third of their four children were diagnosed with ADD and seeing how they were working so hard to try and provide what each one of us needed in the ways that we needed it was, was really hard. And I, I think they would, would have loved to have known you back back in the, the mid to late 80s and early 90s. My goodness, for sure. So one of the things that you and I talked about in the pre-interview is the fact that you're really starting to get into the preventative side, as you mentioned at the end of telling your personal story. And part of that is is nutrition. Is that right? Correct. So when I moved out of the private practice and into the consulting and online sector, I was really focusing on child development and making sure that families have a functional unit and everything. And I realized that one of those fundamental tools, those essential tools that you need was lacking, which is nutrition. Because ultimately, if you can control what you put into your mouth, that's like the first level of taking control of your life, right? So if you have challenges and difficulties with that, then everything else becomes progressively more difficult because you have even less control over those. Anyways, the point of it was I wanted to make sure that they have those tools and those skills when it comes to healthy eating. And it's much, much easier to go ahead and show that to a kid than to try to preach it to them. When they see how you eat and how you show up in the world, they assume that that is the normal way of being. And they internalize that and they become that basically. So if we can go ahead and do that ourselves, then the kids will learn just simply by example. We don't have to tell them, don't eat this, eat this. And, and they get exposed to a lot of good and healthy stuff along the way. I think that's something that a lot of people don't consider about food, which is what you first brought up you know, the first thing you can control or one of the things you have the most control over is what you put in your mouth, right? And so <laughs> not many people consider the impact of what they're eating and how it affects them later and how it affects their their ability to have the energy and pay attention and the 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 attention span to pay attention to their kids in the way that they need it and give them the the energy that they need in order to 
get the learning done that they want, especially right now, since we're recording this while shelter in place is still happening. And many, many of us still have our kids in school. So trying to make sure we're, we're bringing in our own nutrition to take care of our energy and take care of our ability to provide what our kids need. And then, you know, of course, we are the, our kids' first role models. Exactly. The way I look at it, I mean, even when I was in clinic, I would not start the children's therapies until the nutrition and the rest and the oxygen was being delivered to the brain properly. Because without it, if you try to ask your brain to do something, it simply would collapse and crash. And so we couldn't. We would spend sometimes more than a month to try to work on that and get that under control before we would actually start any form of therapy. And many times, this happened to trickle back to actually the parents' lifestyles and what their preferences in food were. So we had to actually correct the parents' way of eating so that the kids would actually get exposed to certain foods that they desperately needed. Uh, and ultimately, your brain has to have the building blocks before you can ask it to do something. We need to learn that we need to work with our bodies instead of trying to push it beyond this limit without having provided for it in the first place. So what are some of the top challenges that, that you have or that parents have with the nutrition and, and working with their children who might be having some um, learning disabilities of different sorts? Well, the three biggest challenges that I typically have noticed is that a lot of parents, uh, all of us basically, we realize that we do these things, but we don't know exactly where we pick them up from. Some of it is cultural and social. Some of it is just the way we were raised. But the reality of it is that we don't really know exactly when we are supposed to eat. We don't exactly know how to eat. And then when it comes to what to eat, conflicting information. And bottom line is that when it comes to these three things, if we step back and understand how our body works, then it becomes much easier to put yourself in different situations and scenarios, whether you're traveling, whether you're in business or whether it's late at night and understand where your body is and what you need to do to provide for it. So that's basically what it comes down to. So there are three secrets that I always point to when it comes to addressing these big challenges. The first one is that healthy eating is actually satisfying and energizing and empowering. That it, it should not be a chore. It should not feel like, oh, that's yet another thing, uh, no pun intended, on my plate uh, that I have to figure out. <laughs> so, so your food should energize you. If you eat your food and afterwards you feel heavy and feel like you need to take a nap, chances are that you are not consuming the right kind of foods for what your body needs at that moment. And the body's needs change from time to time as well. The second secret is healthy eating saves you time and money. Many people think that you know if they wanna eat healthy, they have to spend more money. But I always come back to, well, you can choose to spend more on groceries as opposed to a doctor's visit or a missed day because of you're sick. Or imagine the cost of a hospital visit or a surgery compared to a doctor's visit. The sooner you step in and you take control of your health, the cheaper the cost is going to be and the more time you end up saving. And of course, the last secret is that creating healthy meals can be simple, flexible, and fun, that it should not be taking hours and hours and requires like tons and tons of ingredients. It, it's fairly simple, basically. So 
those are basically the three things that address those challenges that I mentioned. I hope that helps. No, that's, that's awesome. And so in terms of those secrets, do you have something that can help people help the listener take care of those nutritional secrets and how to make it easy for them? Yes. First of all, let's talk about those challenges one more time, because I want to mention this, that knowing when to eat is not necessarily that you eat three times a week or four to six meals or whatever you, you do. Your body can adapt, but you have to understand that your body needs time to burn the food that you give it. So that's one part. The second part is knowing what to eat. You need to know that you need to eat for consume foods that reduce inflammation and reduce the foods that create inflammation and swelling in our bodies. So when we talk about things like cancer and heart disease and strokes and diabetes, these are all preventative diseases. And it's funny because we've heard it so many times that we've grown numb to it. But the reality is that my great uncle died because his gallbladder burst. My grandfather had blood sugar problems. Mm. Um, on my mother's side, there was stroke. So, so I see it all around me and we see our loved ones disappearing and suffering and sometimes dealing with this for years in their golden years. And sometimes, you know, we just assume that, well, they're just getting old and this is normal. And it is not. This is something that you can completely get rid of. And that comes to the inflammatory versus the anti-inflammatory foods. And then knowing how to eat is the last part. A lot of people do really good at choosing the healthy foods, but then they mix it up in a fashion that actually makes them unhealthy. So you need to understand that you need to separate the carbohydrates in a diet from the fats. Uh, when you don't do that, when you mix them up together, then your body doesn't know how to process and handle it because the mechanism for it to absorb it are completely different and it taxes your system and you end up doing neither one of them properly. Mm. Well, that's really interesting to know because that makes me go, oh, I wonder what I'm doing. <laughs> that could be better. So one of the things you brought up during our, our pre-interview is that you do have a couple of free things, ways to support the moms in our, in our, in my listenership here. So would you like to talk about, you have three key steps to remove brain fog, which yes. I know many of us are dealing with that on a daily basis. Tell us how we can get a hold of that. So, so we talked about controlling what you put in your mouth, correct? And part of the reason I'm so passionate about this is because if you want to control your life, then you have to be able to control your body. And the organ that controls the function of everything else in your body is your brain. And in order to be able to control the function of your brain, you need to make sure that it's supported and nourished and provided for. So if you're having brain fog, that is a clear example that there is a shortage or shortcoming that your brain is not operating optimally or as optimally as it should. And a lot of times the problem actually doesn't lie with the brain, but how it is being supported, especially through the digestive system. So how to remove brain fog is my tip of the iceberg gift, basically, that talks about the details of what I just talked about, some of the points on what foods might be anti-inflammatory, what foods might be pro-inflammatory, 
And it actually gives you an example of what a typical meal would look like. And it goes through a whole day of it. And it breaks down those uh, three uh, key components that I mentioned that combat the challenges as well. That is awesome. So what I'm going to do for you guys who are listening to this is I'm going to put the link to Dr. L's article, Three Key Steps to Remove Brain Fog in the show notes. So make sure you go check out the show notes, pull up the podcast on your phone, scroll all the way up past my picture, and you'll see the link there to Three Key Steps to Remove Brain Fog as well. And then you're also inviting everybody to come join your free Facebook group for healthy lifestyle tips. Yes, I I think that nutrition should be everybody's tool and everybody should have access to it. And our Facebook group, Food and Fitness 101, is a free site that I've provided where I oftentimes talk about foods, talk about fitness, and how to bring all of these together so that you can ask your body to deliver on what you want it to do so that you can show up in the world the way you need to be. And so I invite everybody to join that. And our, your listener today, I definitely encourage them to come and visit us there for more information. And again, I'm going to put the link to the group directly in the show notes, everybody. So you can go ahead and just click right in there and it'll take you directly through uh, with your, with your own Facebook connection to be able to get you access to that group. Dr. L, I so appreciate you coming in because most of the time we talk about keys to success in direct sales here on the show. But one of the things I know is that my listeners are moms and moms are always needing support, not just in their businesses, but also in ways to show up as better versions of ourselves. So I, I really feel that you had a lot to share with everyone for all of this. So thank you for taking time to come share this with everybody. I really appreciate it. It was my pleasure, Jenny. I truly have a heart for moms. They're truly superheroes in my eyes. And I truly believe that they have the potential to change humanity's future with the current generation that they're raising. So, so thank you, ladies, for doing what you do. And, and I'm glad and honored. Oh, well, thank you again for being here. So everybody, again, make sure you pull up the show notes and go check out Dr. L's article and also go join his Facebook group. So that way you can begin to work on your own health and the health of your family. Now, will you have a chance? The best time to make a change is right now. So thank you everybody for listening to this episode with Dr. L. And I do want to let you know, make sure you stay tuned for the next badass episode. Thanks for listening to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Why are you waiting to go to BadassDirectSalesMastery.com? Don't make the dom get her whip. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.